Turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3, we'll start reading in verse 18. <clears throat> for Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. The title of the message is The Just for the Unjust. Well, the things I'm going to say today, some of you probably know well. But it don't hurt to remind you, and it sure don't hurt for those that haven't heard it before to hear it. I'm not a big fan of re-preaching my own sermons, and this is not one of them. So. But, you know, a lot of times the same topics that we talk about, it may seem like a repeat, but there's always a different uh, area in which God wants to speak to somebody through it. So, as I was studying, the, I looked into this scripture and I began to think about how when Jesus came and died for our sins, you know, he was, we all know He was perfect. He never committed any sin. And He died for those that were full of sin. You know, the one that He never did nothing wrong gave His life for those that did everything wrong. Now, y'all need to understand that He didn't have to do this. There was no requirement that said Jesus had to die on the cross. And if you look in the, the Gospels, you'll see that as he was praying, he asked God, he said, God, if it's possible, don't make me have to go through this. That's not the exact words he used. But that, that was the fleshly side. His, his human side said, God, if it's possible, if there's any other way, don't make me have to go through this. But he did anyway. Why? Because he was being obedient to the will of the Father. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but let your will be done. But you know what really struck me as I began to think about this last night? And I know it had to be the Holy Spirit speaking to me to show me this, but <clears throat> when Jesus came and gave his life, un you, do you know that he laid his life down for people that would never accept Him. He laid His life down for those people that, that even though He had already made this sacrifice, they would still turn their back on Him and curse Him. And never come to the point where they would accept that sacrifice He made. You know, He still died for those people too. You know, I was reading... Another scripture came to my mind. Let me see if I have it down here and I'll, I'll read it with you. Romans chapter 5, verse 7 and 8 says, For scarcely 
For a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, there's a lot of people that will say, oh, I would lay my life down for my family in a moment. If it came down to it and, and I had to lose my life so that they could keep theirs, I would do it. Most of us wouldn't even hesitate to say that. Especially some of you mothers when it comes to t- talking about your children. You wouldn't even hesitate. You would just do it. But this scripture says that, you know, there's a lot of people that would, even if it wasn't your family, your friends, or, or somebody that you just think is a good person, you might even go that far as to lay your life down for them. But what about that person that you hate? Or that you think hates you? Somebody that does you wrong. Somebody that's your enemy. Every time you turn around, they're just trying to get another poke in at you. What about them? Would you lay your life down for them? I wouldn't. That's just me. I'm not like that. Y'all better than me, huh? I see a few people. Oh, yeah, I do that. Okay. You can deal with that later on. But you see, Jesus, He knew there'd be some that wouldn't accept Him. But you know what? If, if there was ever a possibility, the slightest glimmer of hope that somebody might turn to Him, he would still have done it. You see, because he, he loved us so much. And I want y'all to really get a firm grasp of this today. You know, the Word tells us that <clears throat> over in Revelations, it says, Behold, the Lamb of God, slain from the foundations of the world. You see, before the world was even formed, before God set everything in motion, the plan was in place. Now, I know a lot of y'all here today are already Christians. You've already accepted Jesus as your Savior. But I want you to go back and I want you to remember now, this is what Jesus did for you. This is the only reason why you're at the place you're at today. Because before you were ever born, before this world was ever in existence, the plan was in place. He came and died for people that could care less. He came and died. It's not just for us that love Him. He did it for everybody. The Word says that He would not that any should perish, but that all would have eternal life. So you think about them people that do you wrong. See, this is the part that's for you Christians. I try to hit both sides. You think about them people that do you wrong. Remember, Jesus died for them. Just like He died for you. You may feel like you're in a better place now, but you're still a sinner saved by grace. You're still just one step away from falling into hell. The only thing keeping you out of it is the grace of God. He sent His Son to die for you and 
to cover that sin. So those people that seemingly do you wrong and seemingly hate you and are your enemies, the people you would think are the last ones that would ever turn to God. It doesn't matter. Because Jesus died for them also. Even if they never accept Him, never acknowledge that He is King of kings and Lord of lords, the first and the last, the Alpha and Omega. If they never want to say those words and they leave this life and go into hell, He still died for them. He still took that punishment for them. You know, if somebody held a gun to my head and they brought somebody before me that I couldn't stand and said, you either you can either die for him or we can kill him and let you live. Now put that into perspective. What would you do? How would you react? But that's what Jesus was faced with. But she, you see, His love was so great. He looked past all that. He said, I know there's going to be some that reject me, but I'm going to provide a way for them anyway. He made a way where there was no way. Why did He do that? I don't understand that kind of love. I, don't, I can't comprehend it. I'm just speaking to you from my heart. Right now. I don't understand that kind of love. That love is so big. It's so much bigger than I am and anything I can comprehend. There's no point in me even trying to understand it. Because, you know, I love my kids and my wife. But to have that kind of same love for people I don't even know. People that, that would do me wrong if given the opportunity. You know, put it in perspective. We talked about last week about, about this battle, this war that's going on. You don't too often see soldiers lay down their lives for the enemy, do they? No. They're fighting for their side. Yet, while we were sinners, we were the enemies of Christ. We did everything we could to, to turn against Him and to do wrong. He still died for us. I don't understand it. It don't make any sense. But that's just how big God is. Remember the last time somebody wanted your help. But you thought you were just a little too good to help them. Now listen, I don't put this stuff on paper unless it applies to me, okay? When was think about the last time somebody came to you that was kind of kind of dirty and kind of nasty and maybe they even were kind of drunk or something. Just the very undesirable kind of person. And they ask you for some help. How did you respond? 
Now let's let's step back one little notch. Before you responded, how did you feel? You know, there was a time I had to, I ain't going to say I had to, I didn't have to, but there was a time I helped this lady and her family, and she was repulsive. It, I just really didn't want anything to do with her because of her state of being. You think about the last time that somebody, just think back, Somebody did you wrong. I want y'all to really get into this position where you can relate to what I'm talking about. Think about somebody that just really hurt you. In whatever manner. It may have been somebody, you know, they got you in trouble with your boss at work. Or maybe they are trying to divide your family. You know, maybe you're a woman and somebody slept with your husband or the other way around. Whatever. Somebody... This really did you wrong. I want you to understand what I'm talking about. How do you feel about that person right now? We ought to love them. But do you really? Some of you may, some of you may not. But you see, those people that are so far away from where I am, in my own mind, the, the people that are the exact opposite of what I deem to be good, those are the people that Jesus died for. He died for them the same as He died for me. You see, I was, I was brought up from the beginning of my life in a good home. I didn't want for anything. We weren't rich by any means, but we had nice stuff. I always had a meal to eat. I always had a mom and a dad. I had two sisters. We just we had a good family. We always went to church. I never did any kind of drugs or drank any alcohol. Never went to all these parties. And I didn't do any of that stuff. Had a good life. So from a certain standpoint, it's hard for me to relate to those kind of people. You know, because I'm just a little bit better than they are. I, I never had to deal with any of that stuff. You know, they ought to be ashamed of the state they're in. You know, I look at my own life and I really have no reason to be arrogant. Because God has humbled me in so many ways. But there's still that little bit of carnality that rises up every now and then. And I'm not blaming the devil. I'm blaming my flesh. There's that little bit of me in the back of my mind when I get around somebody like that that says, man, they're kind of nasty. You know, they ought to clean their house a little bit every now and then. You know, that kind of thing. And that's not right. That's not the way I should be. Why? Because I'm a preacher and I ought to have a, a better attitude about people. No, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with Jesus died for them just like He died for me. You see, I'm no different in His eyes. I'm still one of His, one of His creatures, one of His creation. I'm still one of His children when I turn to Him. If they were to immediately right now 
turn to God and say, God, forgive me of my sins. He would do it in an instant, just like He did me. Because, and He would just welcome them in and say, come on in. He doesn't see us for that exterior difference. You know, I've seen time after time that somebody would come in the church door and they'd have long shaggy hair and earrings and tattoos and, and everybody in the church would just, man, what are they doing here? You ever think maybe they're the ones that need help? Or maybe they are probably, it could even be they're a better Christian than you are. You don't know. And see, I don't want to look like that, but the way I feel about the way I want to look ain't got nothing to do with whether they're saved or not. It ain't got nothing to do with whether Jesus died for them or not. God's been working on me about this. Don't those same people deserve to have an opportunity to hear about Jesus? Those people that use every kind of foul language you can imagine. They can't complete a sentence without using the F word. They just kind of repulse you, don't they? Like, man, why can't you talk any better than that? And you get that kind of attitude, don't you? I don't even like to be around them. All they want to do is cuss. All they want to do is drink or do that. Look, they need help. Whatever it may be. The only way any of that will ever change is when there's a change inside. And the best way I know to change the inside is through Jesus Christ. It's up to us. Listen, we are the ones placed in this world to reach those people. Very few times will you ever see that God just came down and met with somebody face to face. It just doesn't happen much. But we're the body. There's a song that says, If we are the body, why aren't His hands reaching? Why aren't His feet going? Why, why isn't His mouth speaking? You see, we are the only thing this world has to see of Christ today. So when we look at somebody like that and kind of turn up our nose and say, well, I just want anything to do with them because they're, they're not of my class. What did they just see? They didn't see the real Jesus, but what they saw was a lot of the world's perception of Jesus. And that's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that when they see church People, they think hypocrite. I don't know how many times throughout my life I've heard someone using the example of that bunch of hypocrites at the church. You know, I don't think we have that problem here. But you be the judge of your own life. There's times I've lived hypocritically. There's times that maybe for an instant I've even thought that way. Oh, what is, they just don't have any business being here. This is the house of God. 
and they want to come in looking like that. They could have at least took a bath before they come. Now, if you hadn't ever thought anything like that, well, I tell you what, you're a whole lot holier than I am. And we probably ought to swap places. The main thing I want you to take from this today, I guess really is the title, The Just for the Unjust. You see, Jesus was the just. He gave everything He had. He gave His own life for those that hated Him. Those that would never accept Him. Just like He gave it for us. You know, this one scripture keeps going through my mind. And I've read it to you before. But it says, He led captivity captive. The Word says that before He ascended, He first descended. And it says, He led captivity captive. Somebody somebody here, or maybe you know somebody that you need to talk to when you leave. But I want y'all to realize for a minute, sometimes we kind of get in our own little shell and we forget to think about all this other stuff. But I want y'all to realize that today, in 2008, almost 2009, there are people in captivity. Even though they may go to work every day and they come home, they can go do whatever they want to do, they are in captivity. Those people that you hang around with throughout the week, whether it's be at work or at home, your friends, whoever, school, they may seem like they have an okay life. It may seem like everything's going okay. But they may be in captivity and not even know it. See, the way Satan brings you into captivity is a little bit at a time. He'll, he'll throw down another little treat for you. You know, Angie had this dog that to get it to in the kennel, she would get the treats out. And boy, she would just take off and get in that kennel and turn around and wait because she knew she was about to get a treat. As soon as she got the treat, the door was closed. She's locked up. Satan does the same thing to us. We get that little treat and, oh man, everything's good. And run into the kennel. See, people are in captivity and they don't even mind. They're complacent. Everything, as long as they keep getting that little treat every now and then, I don't, I'll stay in the kennel all day. But if we, the body of Christ, don't, don't show them there's a better way, through our, our life, I'm not telling you go preach to everybody. I'm telling you, you live your life in a way they can see a difference. They, they look at you and they see, man, I don't understand that kind of love. You see, that's how I feel when I look at what Jesus did. That ought to be how people feel when they look at my life. They ought to see a love they don't understand. They ought to see something they want. Something they want to understand. Something they, they have a desire for. Something that says, oh, that's, that's the kind of freedom that I didn't even know I wanted. 
I was in captivity all this time. And you may be looking at me saying, what are you talking about captivity? What does that mean? There's people in bondage. They're tied up in the things of this world. It may be, man, it can be anything. It can be drugs. It can be alcohol. It can be sexual perversions. Whatever. Just name it. They can be in bondage to it. I mean, they're stuck. They couldn't get free if they wanted to unless somebody shows them the way out. If you ain't ever had a problem like that, you don't understand what I'm talking about. If you've never had any sort of addiction, you know, the first thing everybody thinks about when they hear addiction is is drugs or alcohol. That's not the only addiction. You can be addicted to chewing gum. But if you've never had any sort of addiction, anything that just has a hold on you, and you may think, well, I'm not addicted to that. I can quit any time. Okay, try. We'll see how long you can go. You know, my brother-in-law told me one time, he kind of started dipping a little here and there. And I said, man, why would you want to start that? I said, you know that stuff's addictive. Oh, man, I can quit this any time. I just dip a little here and there. You know, he, you don't hardly ever see him now without it in his, in his lip. It's addiction, isn't it? Now, that ain't going to send him to hell. I'm not trying to tell you all that. not even going to go there. But see, anything like that, it may be some, some sin in your life. It's some way that Satan has a hold on you. It's bondage. You're in captivity. That's what Jesus came for, was to free the captive. Was to lead you out of captivity into His freedom. His glory. You don't have to stay there, but you can. You can stay there by choice. But at any given point, when the opportunity arises, and it may not arise forever, you can say, I'm tired of this. I don't want to live this way no more. I can't do it on my own. And you can turn to God and you can say, Jesus, I trust you. I want you to help me. Forgive me where I failed you. Forgive me of my sins. Clint, you may not even know what your sins are. There's nothing wrong with that. David has the answer for you over in Psalms 139. He says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. You see, it's okay to say, I don't know if I've sinned, but God, if I have... Show me what it is so I can ask for forgiveness. Cleanse me of it. I want y'all to leave here today remembering those people that may be an inconvenience to you. They may not be the best people to be around, but Jesus died for them. And it's our responsibility to live like we care. Live like we love them. It's hard to show that sometimes. It's hard to overcome that flesh sometimes and put all that aside and live spiritually. The Word says if we walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. 
when that flesh rises up, the spirit man say, no, this ain't your time right now. You can just hang on a minute. 